Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our Equipping Podcast. We are in a series looking at uh, getting to know our elders better. Every time Paul planted church in the New Testament, he set up elders, qualified men, uh, to provide leadership of the church, to guard doctrine, to look after the souls of the people. And in a church our size, sometimes it's hard to get to know your leader. So we're doing a series of podcasts to introduce different elders to us. And today I'm with Doug Grunder. Hello, Veritas. And Michael Rhodes. Hey, hey. So we're going to get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, first, just give us a little synopsis of uh, your family. Uh, my family. So I'm one of the old guys in the room. I have My wife and I have been, Cherry, have, have been married for 35 years. We have three adult children. Um, we're blessed to have two sons-in-laws that come with them and three grandkids behind them. Nice. All right. Uh, Wait, Eric. you got your youngest daughter is out in California. She's got, to me, it's a fascinating job. Tell yeah. us what Amanda does. Yeah. So her dream job is working with animals and film work. And she is a media person for the San Diego Zoo. Um, this morning, she, she had the opportunity to go out and film two leopard cubs that were born last week. Oh, wow. And it's on, it's on, uh, Facebook and media posts all over the all over the world right now of oh, work she incredible. did. That is incredible. <clears throat> Michael, what do you got going on in your household? Well, I, I'm, maybe my kids are a letdown now after I just heard that story. <laughs> yeah, they're not filming no. leopards no. or leopard cubs. I have no leopards. Someday you can say they're adult kids. They're That's riding a lot on a, easier. Riding on a field trip bus to the Herbert Hoover <laughs> Museum today, one of them. Uh, no, so Eric and I, we have been married for... 13, almost 14 years, and we have four kids, uh, three older boys, uh, 11-year-old. A Today is Amos's birthday, so he's turned seven today, so 11, seven, four, and we have a little girl that's one. You got like, uh, do you do the cake still? Do you bake a cake? Uh, I do not bake anything. Does a cake get baked in your house? Well, we had a little birthday party with friends on Saturday. That's okay. where the uh, the cake was. We, I went and bought donuts early this morning, so... He wanted donuts and pizza. So today's a healthy day for our family. I'm just going to confess that I'm seriously distracted right now by donuts and pizza. <laughs> you can come over tonight <laughs> if you want. Uh, so, Doug, tell us what you do. Oh, you guys really want to know that. It's kind of it's kind of boring. So I kind of want to know that because I've never really figured out what Doug does. It's like, like the international spy that's like, oh, I'm in sales. It's not boring <laughs> at all. It's fascinating. Tell us what you do. All right. So I'm an engineer. I work for a company that is based in California, and um, we are developing technology that will take waste coal materials, convert them into hydrogen at a power plant level. So our, our idea and our vision is, um, you know, all the green energy issues that are out there, if we can take fossil fuels like coal and natural gas and convert that to hydrogen that burns clean, and then take the carbon that's left over and turn it into things like graphite and graphene and, and things needed for batteries and cell phones and cars. 
Um, we think that's a really good thing. So that's is, what we're working on. Is that like clean coal energy is what you're after? Or um, you know, I don't know that there's even a name for it, but if we separate coal into its d different constituents and then burn just the hydrogen, the emissions from burning hydrogen is water. Why do I have to follow everyone at Doug's answers? His kids, <laughs> you, you know, are like hanging out with cheetah cubs. He's and doing do something do, with Michael? hydrogen. I just preach sometimes. <laughs> just preach. Yeah. The word of God. You just help me understand it. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Make sense out of it. Uh, what do you do, Michael? God, nothing with hydrogen. Um, <laughs> that sounds so, like something they would make a sci-fi movie movie out of that kind of like technology that needs to be they're probably it's awesome yeah okay so what do i do i am my official title i think this week is pastor of staff and ministries this week i mean it was <laughs> staff and ministries then staff and sending now it's back to staff and ministries again so yeah, keep it fresh. whatever um so get to oversee our staff here at veritas um specifically would be adult ministry salt company family ministry and um, and get to oversee some um, sending stuff, but we are trying to find a sending director as we, you know, I was in three interviews yesterday. Yeah. And as an idea guy, one of Michael's big jobs is the voice that says, Jake, that idea is not a good idea. You got some good ideas, but maybe not that idea. Or maybe not right now, Jake. Yeah, right. No, I appreciate it. It's an important role. Um, tell us hobbies. I'll let Michael go first here. Like what? I what I don't know what Doug's gonna say. What do you Trapeze enjoy to do? Artists. Yeah, like you have a free weekend. How are you gonna spend it? I love to play golf. So I've been playing golf since I was ten, and unfortunately, I only get like six months to play it around here. Because growing up in South Carolina, we could play all year round. So Erica learned that after the first year after that we were here that I couldn't ask her like you know all year round to play golf. So now she's like. I will try to tell you yes as often as I can <laughs> um, since you since I know I got you six months for the rest of the year. Uh, so I love to play golf. I love sports just in general. Anything I love to watch them, love to uh, play them, uh, and love to just spend time with Erica and the kids. So, um, yeah. Doug, what are your hobbies? Well, it, it seems like uh, all of my adult years I've been a project guy. So construction projects at home or at neighbors or somebody from the church. Right now, uh, our middle daughter and her husband just bought a house. So I'm in the midst of plumbing and and reworking the electrical and, and moving some walls around. So it seems like most of my Saturdays are either spent at one of the Menards or Home Depot and then turning wrenches. So Doug is a speed dial call for me with home projects and things like did you are you self-taught on that did you you know I, I give my dad a lot of credit if it was deserved but it's not he had seven kids <laughs> and he had rental properties and when we were old enough to drive um, he would put us in a vehicle and say hey this needs a new drop ceiling or this needs the electrical fixed and you'd say how do you do that and he just tells to figure it out <laughs> And that's how I figured Some it out. High voltage electricity, go figure it out. Yeah. One time I'm in the basement working on my grandmother's apartment and she's a little bit little bit senile. And I asked her, please don't turn the lights on down here. So when I was on the ladder, properly grounded with the electrical, upstairs she turns it on and I wound up on the ground. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. 
playing with electricity with my grandmother. So, uh, Doug has helped me at my house before. Um, do you remember this, Doug? And, yeah, Sam, and was, actually, Sam was there. Sam, <laughs> Sam was there, too. Um, we were trying to put in a new tub and redo some plumbing, and I don't have a clue about that. So, Doug, I was like, Doug, I need some major help here. And so the water was off, and they're trying to hook up different things. I don't, I don't even know what's being hooked up. So I'm in another room, and the water gets turned back on. And I just, I don't even remember the full story here. I may be like messing this story up, but uh, when the water gets turned on, I just like, I hear, I'm like, well, there's water running somewhere. There's water falling through the vents in our house right now. <laughs> Something wasn't connected, and there's literally water shooting everywhere. One of your kids had turned on the, the supply valve to the toilet in the bathroom we were working in. Ah, one. Okay, there you go. See, so one of my kids had turned on the supply valve. Yeah, I know. Turned on the supply valve to the toilet, and there was water shooting everywhere in our house. But. <laughs> Uh, now we've had no issues since that one day. So I had, this isn't on Doug. I had Sam and Matthew helping me with electricity. We could just go on. <laughs> they, were, they were helping me uh, in our kitchen. We, we wired some can, put some can lights. And I couldn't, I was turning the light switch and they weren't coming on. And like something's messed up in the wiring. And then I go and open my garage door and all the lights come on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. It's great help. You get it's what great. you pay for. Hey, yep. it was totally. they did a great job. It was fun. I'll have that story forever. All right. Uh, tell us how you came to faith. What was your mm. church experience growing mm. up, or when did the gospel first click in your life? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start out. I grew up in a, in a home where we went to church every Sunday, um, but there was no relationship with Christ. Uh, it was a work harder kind of, kind of setup, and... You know, we were all into scouting and all all trying to earn our way to some like kind of Boy accomplishment. Scouts? Boy Scouts, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was very much can I can I be good enough to be righteous with God? And uh, it wasn't until I was in my twenties, I was married. Um, I was going to a church here in Cedar Rapids, and they challenged me to read through the Bible. And you know, if you start at the Old Testament and kind of work your way through, it took me all the way to Romans when I, I figured out that all have sinned and fallen short of the, of the glory of God. And it struck me that that's me. Mm. They didn't say some of you have sinned. They said all have sinned. And all of the preface work that went on in the Old Testament led me up to the point of there in Romans is I'm a sinner. And if I'm a sinner, that means I'm not good enough. Therefore, I need someone who is. So mm. That moment led me to a faith in Christ, and, and it's just gone on from there. Um, not too long after that, I was baptized, and um, I've just been, been slowly working my way towards what does that mean. Oh, and God, God reveals something in me. Usually it's painful when He does it, but as a result of it, I, I kind of peel back the onion and get a little, little bit more revealed of, of myself versus what He wants me to be, mm. so... So you came to faith through somebody challenging you to read the Bible. That's exactly it. If that's and, not a plug for our Bible reading plan, I don't know what it is. Yeah, and, and it really wasn't a Bible study either. It was just the pure fact of it's a living document. Mm. It, it, it breathes life into you, and it was just literally sitting and reading. Right. Mm. And like an engineer would, you know, I read with a, with a highlighter, and I marked, and I tried to find 
holes in the story. What was that pro? Do you remember how long from Genesis to get to you got well, to Rome? Well, Project Three Sixty Five. So it was, you know, two thirds of the way th okay. through the year yeah. before I I thought I was a believer. Mm. It wasn't until two thirds of the year through that I recognized I didn't know what a believer was, mm. and this is what it is. That's awesome, right? Yep. I I was just thinking, like, to get to know our elders more. Doug sitting at a reading his Bible with a pen and highlighter. Like when we have to read documents for something <laughs> for elders, Doug is the one that's going to find all the the errors in the documents. Or like Jake or I write something and it's like, oh, we forgot periods or something. <laughs> Doug's going to be the one on our elder board to find, read the fine print and find all the issues in a good way. Yeah. I, we, I, I don't know how to correct it and make it right. I just know it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> we do have a constitution. Doug has read it. <laughs> Uh, what's your story, Michael? Yeah, so I grew up in church as well. Uh, my parents uh, took me to uh, Little Southern Baptist Church in South Carolina. We would go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And so I knew all the um, biblical answers and the biblical, not all the answers, the stories. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I was a pretty good kid. I was a rule follower. I didn't like to let people down, so I did what I was supposed to do. So very morally... Um, just good. And then uh, when I was 11, I was at a vacation Bible school, and they were talking about heaven and hell. And I was like, I don't want to go to hell. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And so they were like, you pray this prayer and then go get baptized, basically. And so um, I did that, not having a clue what I was doing at that point. About three years later, uh, our church was having a revival service for the week. And so there was like you know four, four or five nights in a row. So you grew up in the South in a yep. Baptist church. How often do you, were revival services? Oh, probably once a year, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. So um, multiple nights in a row, I think I showed up probably from golf practice, not wanting to be there that evening and just sitting there. And it felt like the evangelist was like, like the spirit was just speaking directly through him into my soul was mm -hmm. what it felt like. Uh, I have no idea what he talked about. Um other than the gospel, which I already thought I knew, and it became just very clear. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get this. And so went home that evening. Didn't tell any. Didn't tell my parents about what was going on in my mind. Went home, went to go to bed, and I still like. I usually fall asleep really quickly. Like Erica can tell you that in the middle of a movie, <laughs> like ten minutes in, I'm out. Uh, to this day, but so I usually fall asleep quickly. But it was just on my mind. Like I'm not a Christian. Like I, I do not have a relationship with the Lord. Uh, I did something that I was, and they didn't try to like coerce me into doing something when I was 11. But it was more like, oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to do as the rule follower, right? <clears throat> so, um, it at that point just laid there in bed, and it 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 wasn't like this, but it, this is what it felt like of kind of the old cartoon where you got like Satan on one shoulder and the angel on the other, and like one's going like you need to like get up and go talk to your parents about this. The other one's like, your dad's already snoring right now. Don't go in there, you know? And finally, after 45 minutes to an hour, I just went into my parents' room. I said, I'm not a Christian. Like, you know, middle of the night, they're half asleep. They wake up groggy, not like, <laughs> what are you talking about? We thought you had been for three years. Mm -hmm. And so I knelt beside my parents' bed mm -hmm. and really just trusted the Lord that night. How and old were you? I was 14. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that whole... 
moralistic righteousness. There's been a lot of sanctification where I still, you know, all through high school um, was pretty self-righteous, you know, very pharisaical in a lot of things, and God's just humbled me over the years, over and over and over, uh, just a lot of pride there. And so, But the Lord's been so gracious. Jesus has been so gracious to me. Sweet. That's awesome. So you guys sit at the table that's providing the primary oversight of this church. What are some things when you look at Veritas that you're you're really thankful for? You know, I think I think back to Gospel Pathway, and it kind of lays out um, maybe the method for the way that our church operates. And and if I kind of steal three or four kind of main thoughts from that, it's you know God the prize. Um, not all churches really look at God as the prize. Mm. You know, you can get kind of social events and, and you can get uh, injustices that come in or you can get um, uh, political discussions of the day become kind of the voice and the mm-hmm. prize of what we're after. I think one of the things I really like at Veritas is that God is the prize in the midst of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. The second thing is sin's the problem. Um, I've, I've attended churches where sin is not really addressed. It's, it's uncomfortable to talk about it. It's uncomfortable to put a label on it and name it as sin. But, you know, if the Bible says it's sin, then, then we do, a, a, I think, a pretty good job of, of addressing the topic as, it's, as it comes up in the Bible. We don't pick one and then just beat it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. We, we, we talk about what does the Bible have to say. So that's a second distinctive that I, I really like here. Um, Jesus, the answer... Um, back to, you know, are we good enough? Is there enough that we can do to, to earn our way to heaven? And the answer is no. Mm. The only answer is Jesus. And I think we do a pretty good job of, of over and over and over again coming back to the gospel of Jesus and saying, this is, this is what you're striving for, guys. It's not yourself. It's mm. not the church. It's not, not your family and friends. It's Jesus. Yeah. So those three things, and then maybe the fourth thing is um, faith is our response. Um, our faith responds in a way that is filled with joy. Mm. You know, um, there's no reason to live life doom and gloom and um, I'm afraid of God. We live life with joy of God that we're already redeemed. He's yeah. already paid the penalty. He already sees us white as snow. Why not live that way? Yeah. So those are kind of the distinctives that I see at Veritas that that get repeated over and over. And it's um, um, I, I don't know why we fall short at at many churches, mm-hmm. but if you kind of take your eyes off those things, you can fall yeah. short, right? Yeah, that's the gospel. Do you want to add anything to that, Mike? <laughs> yeah, take that, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> what do you but, What do you think? You know, I'm just I'm just cheating off a of gospel pathway. Is really <laughs> yeah. what it is. He just looked at the sermon series titles. That's <laughs> yeah. all he did. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. Adding to that, no, he probably not. not like, to yeah, that was. Like, what are you thankful yeah, for? Yeah, I'm thankful that we have a really big view of God. Um, that that when I think of our church, you know, we're not a bunch of impressive people. Like we're like just a bunch of people that God has poured His grace out upon. And we recognize how amazing God is, and it seems like our church continues to respond to who He is, and not just things that we're trying to pull off or do. Like, because we don't do it. Like, 
We don't do a bunch of extra stuff at Veritas. We just hopefully always make a big deal about God. So very thankful for that. I'm thankful for our elders um, in the sense of they, every one of our elders leads a connection group. Um, and there's, there's plenty of times that there's a season going to happen that they're not. But right now, every single one of them are able to be in that, like shepherding people and not just like a board of like decision makers. They are genuinely involved in in the messes of people's lives. Um, they're also not in the weeds of all the like day-to-day ministry. They don't they don't need to be there or have to be, you know, feel, or feel the need to be there. They trust us in that. So that's super encouraging. Um, I think the other thing I would say is we care deeply about theology, but it's not just head knowledge for us. Like we put it into practice. And I'm so thankful for that. I've grown in my like theological depth just being here four years. And that's coming with a MDiv from a seminary that I, I, I love that kind of stuff. But it is, uh, I've grown tremendously in how that's to be practiced. Mm. Um, we spend a lot of time together. I mean, for years, every Tuesday morning at 530, um, we're, we're together. What's something you appreciate or enjoy about being an elder? I mean, Paul tells us in Scripture that anybody who aspires to the office of an elder aspires an honorable thing. Honorable, but challenging, weighty, uh, weighty, hard. Uh, but I, at least from my experience, extremely enjoyable. Wh- what do you guys enjoy about serving in this way? I just told um, somebody yesterday, as I was driving in yesterday, yesterday was a Tuesday. So I'm driving in um, at 5.15 in the morning. You got to beat the train. I, did, I, I know. I almost got stuck behind the train coming to this podcast. Uh, now I know the detours around. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm driving in super early in the morning. And as I'm driving in, I'm like, man, I'm looking forward to this. Like, I look forward to being around those guys at 530 on a Tuesday morning. Um, they're fun. There's laughter in our meetings. But it's, man, to get to be in the trenches with these guys is really encouraging to not feel like, oh man, I got to bear the weight of every shepherding situation because every single one of those guys, if we called and said, we need you for this thing within an hour, if at all possible, every single one of them would show up Mm -hmm. if we had to have them. So again, to be in the trenches with, with guys like that is encouraging to my soul. It's encouraging to me as a pastor to not feel that weight of every responsibility so, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that it's it's probably one of the best examples of plurality that I know of in the church. And when I say that, I mean that um, it's, it's a joy to come sit around the table and listen to other people pray, and I learn from that prayer. Mm. Um, it's, it's a joy to listen to people discuss about theology and about practice, and I learn from that as it goes along. You know, in all the years that we've been doing this together, um, we don't have a, a vote where a quorum or a majority wins the wins mm. the vote, right? Um, and we've never, at the, uh, at the other end of it, said we all have to agree before we move on. Um, in plurality, um, the Holy Spirit works through each mm. one of us, and we come to consensus. Uh, whether we actually look at it or mm. not, we come to consensus, and, and I think it's the right consensus. Yeah. 
I can't. I so, feel like I can remember only once or twice in my four years of being here that we actually voted on something, and it was more of like we just keep talking around this issue. Like, let's just move this forward, and, yeah. and we're like, well, where do you guys stand? But then we're all like, yeah, we're all on board sure. with that or not on board with that. So yeah, just taking votes seems so foreign yeah. <laughs> in yeah. that elder room, and and. Around the table, everyone is so humble with their opinion, but at the same time, when they know they need to voice it, they voice it. Yeah. And it is so often that one voice will swear sway the others. You mm -hmm. know. Yeah. It's we'll we'll be going down one path, and then somebody will have a nugget of wisdom. We go, oh, well, I'm an idiot. Let's move that direction. <laughs> yeah. It is a joy when you guys, uh, the weight of leading, is like you both articulated being in plurality is is a sweet thing where it's not resting on one person but even in our small group where we look okay we're guardians of this the church and its doctrine and its health and its direction when you look for the next five or ten years down the road what are your hopes for veritas church yeah so i i i look at our church and i'm hoping we're going from a consumer mentality to an owner mentality where people say, this is my faith, I want to live it, I want to, I want to take it out to the world. So what, what I'd love to see in, in the next five to ten years is um, mature disciples who are out going out and raising up mature disciples, and we have nothing to do with it. Mm. I, I mean, I, I would love that, that that happens outside the church, not on Sunday, but during the week, like, and we don't even know anything about it really equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And then letting them go do it yeah. and having them motivated to go do it mm -hmm. and empowered to go do it. Um, that's that's what I'm yeah, that's looking good. forward to. Yeah, and even an example of that, I love walking into a coffee shop or Chick-fil-A or somewhere else, and you're like, oh, there's four of our guys at the church, and they're meeting together with their Bibles open, yeah. and like that, nobody, not one elder, had anything to do with this. Like, this is just our people in their own maturity saying, man, I want to pursue Jesus with other people. That is the sweetest feeling. When you walk in and you're like, Veritas people, Veritas people, Veritas people, and they're all like Bibles open to it. That is awesome. Yeah. So um, I would say next one, five, ten years, I just want us to continue to be faithful, um, faithful to God's Word, faithful to preaching God's Word, faithful to what He's asking us to do. Um, I know that's not some grand, compelling vision of like, oh, we, we will go here in 10 years. We want to be doing this. Like, if we get to the end of the next 10 years and go, man, Veritas is still a faithful church to Jesus, man, that's a huge win in my book. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a joy serving with these guys. The, um, it's hard in a larger church where you feel like, I don't know, the elders or the elders feel like I don't know everybody. Uh, part of the drive of doing a podcast like this is to help bridge that gap a little bit. But church, if you're listening to this and uh, hopefully you got to know uh, Doug and Michael a little bit more, but be friendly, go introduce yourself uh, on a Sunday morning. They'd love to meet you. Um, and we hope this helps bridge that gap. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.